This episode is presented by Comics and Gaming Magazine, found at cgmagazine.ca, and brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash terriblewarriors. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Throughout the ages, there have been heroes and warriors who have embarked on quests to save faraway lands and free the people from would-be conquerors with dice and not a lot of common sense in various role-playing games. Today, legends are told from the tales of our terrible warriors, an unlikely group of nerdy adventurers armed with some pretty stupid ideas and a horseshoe up their butts as they come together to save the day in These Warriors Are Terrible. Seriously, these are the guys we're going to go with? And welcome to These Warriors Are Terrible. I'm your host and director of this game, Justin Eacock. I am surrounded by five other warriors who are going through this new world. We're going to be joining you every Monday for something a little strange in the summertime. We're going back into survival horror. It's going to be nice and dark and evil, but before we get into the game we're going to play, let's go around the table and introduce everyone to the show. Starting from my left, your right, we have returning from the Blast Processors. You're becoming a regular now. Yeah, this is the third campaign I've been on now, so this is yeah, I guess I'm one of you guys. Well, wait. No, so, Pokemon, no applause. Two so, Pokemons and a Machine Zite. All right. Yeah, two two yeah. Pokemons and a Machine Zite, and we still don't know your name. Oh, uh, Ori Falconer, a.k.a. Mega Drive from the Blast Processors. And definitely not going to betray the whole group this time. No, that would be silly. Wait, yeah. spoilers, yeah. people. I'm kind of Oh, <laughs> 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 we've got a little time travel going on here. So you're, and you're the bull! Those kids will be just fine. No! God damn it! So joining us for the very first time on the show, and your first time playing a role-playing yeah. game, I'm completely new at all of this. Uh, so introduce uh, us. My Sam. name is Michael Harubi. I'm extremely new to all of this. Yeah, this is. Are you feeling nervous? Not really. No, you're just no. gonna you're just gonna roll with it. I just wing it. I picked I picked a game I thought would be um, in line just with your personal interests. You've got some pretty grotesque uh, yeah. uh, figurines in your apartment. You got a zombie skeletons. bite tattooed is that, is that on. No skull on your arm. Where? Oh, down there. What is that? That's a kitten skull. It's a kitten okay. skull. <laughs> I actually own the skull that's tattooed on my arm. Yeah, he does. Does anyone want to trade seats? And my, and my favorite part is, uh, show, show everyone your bite tattoo right under your shirt. Oh, take the shirt off. We're going to take a picture oh, and put it on Facebook. Awesome. That, that, that's a real bite. Yeah, that's a crime scene That's a crime scene photo that you Seriously? tattooed onto your body and then zombified it. Oh, that's, wow. that's actually really cool. I'm just feeling it up right now. So this is going to... Yes. I think you're going to fit welcome right in. These yeah. warriors are sexy. <laughs> so, welcome to These Warriors are Macabre. This, yeah. I think you're going to fit into this game right, very well. Yeah. And, of course, a very long time. I would call you one of the, um, the not a veteran player, but let's say uh, one, of the, one of the elite elders of, uh, of the podcast. Around since, uh, were you around the very first one? I was in Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd. So we're going way back to old school. You're going before me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I only showed up uh, for Shadowrun. Oh. So there we go. That was your second game. So welcome to the show. Tom, he is an evil genius, White. And again, we haven't even explained what the game is going to be, but it's going to be very funny when we do because Ori learned while we were creating characters. You you lost your mind with Tom when you found out what he's written. Oh, yeah. Uh, should I reveal this? Yes. Uh, I, okay, I, I wrote that Doom fanfiction. Yes, that's Doom right! Repercussions of Evil. Uh, yes, I am Pierre Chimera. 
if so you, if you haven't read that, out, if you haven't read that, it was like the biggest meme when I was like into like really hilarious. Go ahead, fiction. pause the podcast right now, look up the fan fiction, and read it because I think we're going to have some references in this oh, game. Yeah. I named my character John Stalver. Yes. Character this <laughs> <laughs> no, John, you are the zombies. Really excited. <laughs> and what? Uh, of course, it, it wouldn't be a terrible. It wouldn't be a terrible Warriors game without the albino fury himself. Steve Snowball Sailor, I'm back again. Finally. Yeah. It's been it's been a while. Monster Hearts. Yeah. You, well, you were traumatized after Monster Hearts. It, it, I needed a break. He <laughs> went into his darkest break. self for a couple I weeks. I went into my darkest self. I fled to Europe to find my <laughs> werewolf uh, family. You you and, you yeah. stormed out of the room <laughs> while we were recording. I saw Red Man. I you, wanted to. I wanted. You wanted, I, dude. I wanted to stab your girlfriend. Like, you, that's how bad it was. Wow. No. Okay. What is it did do? Okay. What she? I did try to cunt punch her once, and I think it threw the nuts. <laughs> you well, yeah. I knocked uh, you out with the nuts. <laughs> yes, you did. That was my highlights. And of course, without any further ad- introduction, uh, uh, you're also becoming a regular yeah, now on the show. This is your third time. This is your third time. So, uh, I go guess ahead. I'm uh, Shane Weedletosser Phillips. Yeah. So, guys, be careful of this guy, because he's the one who's going to immediately go and do impulsive actions <laughs> that are not in line with the group, sending everyone to being captured and losing all the information they're about to get. No, okay, okay, could I, in my defense, oh, my, please char- defend yourself. my character was... Are we having a Pokemon debrief right no, now no, before no, the game? Five seconds. In my defense, you see those movies where they're like, the villains like, they do the big reveal. <laughs> it stands like, oh, great, this is good, now your never guards get me. I'm 12, I have a Weedle, I'm gonna throw that Weedle because I didn't go out like no bitch. Yeah, but you missed. <laughs> I was one of those D20s. Wait, did, you have, did you have your stab a Pidgey moment like I did? No. I, uh, no, uh, instead of stabbing a Pidgey, he captured a Weedle and put Kanye glasses on him. And, 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 yeah. oh. and then he threw it. And, and like, 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 every, like every he threw it like a Nerf ball. <laughs> okay, 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 so the, the breakdown would be like, group sees a problem, group tries to think about a problem, group fails additional role, I throw Weedle. <laughs> Yo, but what happened was, group successfully infil- infiltrates enemy camp. Group successfully now? makes it to their location. <laughs> Professor Oak successfully leads children deep into Rocket Headquarters with all their equipment intact. And then the Weedle like, oh, gets thrown, and then everyone is put to who sleep. Was, who is the terrorist, Team Rocket, or you guys? Uh, <laughs> uh, we we, in, we, inten- we intentionally Oak never just... answer that question, yeah. Pokemon. I would say Professor did destroy half a town at one point. Uh, okay, this is a bit of a spoiler alert for those who haven't finished Pokemon Rocket Sorry, Resistance guys. 2. Well, yeah. this but after the Pokemon but out, Professor so. Oak and the children may or may not have created Team Flare from Pokemon X and or for Pokemon uh, X and Y. Wait, what? And, uh, I want to get uh, I want to get a T-shirt printed that says Ty was right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Po- uh, Poison Bree actually has like Team Flare stuff being made because she's like, this is the best thing ever. I want to be Team Flare. She actually wants to be Team Flare. Like, well, honestly. so that's our team. We got Ori, Mike, Tom, Steve, and Shane, and we are going to be playing right. a survival horror game. It's another independent RPG. It's sort of my kick that I've been into this season. Uh, uh, this one's called Machine Zeit, and it is set 100 years from now. The year is 2110. And to set the world for you so you understand where we're, se- uh, where we're playing in, a few years from now, in the present day, plagues will begin to travel around the world, wiping out most of the population in heavily 
urban areas, mostly around airports. It ends up getting the nickname the aviation flu. And as people begin to die, it's revealed that they believe this plague in particular is targeting an overpopulated Earth. It's because there's no more room on Earth that this plague has become so violent. India is the first. They build a space station and begin transporting their population up into a station in low Earth orbit. Uh, it's a modular station. It's quickly able to change and be added to new technologies. And it's not before long other world, other countries like the U.S. and Russia and the rest begin building their own stations, sending their populations into sterile environments above the atmosphere, away from the plagues. It was sort of done as like, if you live here, you'll be safe. Where if you live on Earth, it's only a matter of time before any number of natural anomalies are going to take you out. Shortly after the station race began, crops began to fail all around the planet. Making food on Earth was getting harder and harder. So most food production was moved into the space stations. And then manufacturing was moved into the stations after nanotechnology that only worked in low gravity began to become more and more popular. It wasn't before long that in about 50 years... All food, mining, and, and uh, media entertainment, almost every form of production you could imagine was being done in space in these hundreds and hundreds of stations that had been built. By the peak of the, space, uh, the station race, one billion people were living in orbit, one-tenth of, or, uh, 10% of the Earth's population. Then, 10 years ago from where we're going to start the game, the cataclysm happened. A gamma burst from a nearby galaxy flooded the Earth with untold levels of radiation, and everyone in space died. And stations crashed into Earth. Some stations seemed to be protected or shielded somehow, uh, but most stations either crashed into Earth, drifted off into space, or remain as derelict uh, husks, just hovering in the sky like little stars. Some of them are still attached to Earth through their space elevators, uh, nanocarbon tube tethers that connect the station to the ground. Um, but most of them uh, have uh, been destroyed, uh, along with everyone on board. It was estimated that between those who died on Earth and those who died in space, at the end of it, within a month, a billion people had died. Uh, and that was known as the cataclysm. Ten years have passed, society's begun to rebuild. And then rumors began to circulate that scientists had traveled to some of these old tombs that were now hovering up in the sky, and the stations were still alive. That something had happened up there, and the people hadn't exactly died, but had somehow been fused with the machines up above. Of course, that's all conspiracy nonsense, and the governments were quick to deny any existence of all of that. It was just radiation hallucinations caused by uh, all the, uh, the nuclear plants and uh, other gases that would be going through the air filters, lack of oxygen, and any number of things. But one thing was certain. The gamma burst did have a very real practical effect on these stations. Something happened to the metal on these stations that has made them incredibly valuable. Not all the metal, but some of it will glow. And they've named it Second Prometheum. And it's replaced the mining industry now as a salvaging operation where they send thousands of, of miners up into space every day to salvage uh, Second Prometheum and bring it back to Earth. It's an incredibly valuable material. It can insulate almost anything. It can conduct almost anything. It has seemingly no limit to its, its malleability and, and, and purpose in, in, in industry and in, in computers and, and in whatnot. So second Prometheum has become, hands down, the most valuable material ever known in, in modern history. Uh, and so a gold rush has begun to those who wish to brave these stations. Because of that, 
we have two main spaceports, the legitimate spaceport out in Dubai, where governments and corporate interests are sending survey teams and scientists up into these stations to look after them and find out if some of them can be repurposed and populated, if the bodies can be brought back to Earth, if there's any bodies <clears throat> that are left to be buried, some families who are on Earth that are still trying to find out what happened to their loved ones. You guys, however, have all ended up in the other spaceport. This is like the Moss Eisley of Machine Zeit. This is somewhere in Russia, a city called Novoprost. And it's a walled-in city. People who come into the city don't get to leave. If you move into Novoprost, there's only one way out, and it's up. And so people have moved into Novoprost are people who have no more choice, no more family, no more money, or have other nefarious reasons for heading up. Uh, some corporations use this place as well as an alternate launch platform because of windows of opportunity and some of the stations that are connected by elevators are just not reachable uh, from Dubai. And so you have found yourself out in Novoprost, and it is here that we will introduce all of your characters before we head to the shuttle. So, Ori, you have been in Novoprost for some time now ever since uh, you were disgraced some time ago. So tell us a little bit about your character. Sure. So yeah, my character has definitely been uh, discredited uh, almost internationally throughout the, uh, the uh, free press. Uh, my name is Rupert Kroc, and I was a, a reporter who was reporting on uh, these strange going-ons in these space stations uh, and all these rumors about... Uh, what could be up there but unfortunately well you were a credible journalist before the cataclysm i was uh, i was just 10 years ago well renowned but post cataclysm you're like equip you're like the equivalent now of like art bell uh just doing conspiracy theory radio programs that no one you're like the lone gunman no one takes you seriously you're not yeah like basically like i i pushed out these reports but then they were just immediately seen as as trite like people didn't believe me that or you know there's a chance that the governments were censoring your work and uh, articles you had posted through legitimate newspapers all of a sudden weren't being published that's my Uh, theory people stopped publishing your contracts began to uh, fizzle out and before you knew it you had no more work yeah there was there was nothing left for me no one would take me seriously So so how is it that you are able to afford this trip and why are you making a trip to these stations so my reason for going is that I need the big scoop. I There's nothing left in my career. Well, none of your I... stories had proof or evidence. Exactly. If you can so... find the evidence to back up your claims that what these scientists who've traveled before are telling the truth... I want to find exactly what I was saying was up there and just rub it in their faces. Like, it's... It's my personal revenge is yeah. to is to rise again. But of course, it costs millions of dollars to get up into space. Who's paying the bill? Well, that would be uh, some Russian officials that, uh, through my journalistic uh, research, I've managed to compile a lot of blackmail on these. Types Spend some of time in Novoprost, and the guy who hands out the work permits to the miners. Uh, you found a little dirt on him, and you've blackmailed him into forging documents for you and sending him up. He is not happy to be doing this for you, but he also doesn't want his superiors to find out the truth of what he's done, because when people go missing in Novoprost, they never show up again. So he reluctantly gives the stamp and gives you your work papers. You are under your sale, your same name, but you've been given work permit to join up with the mining union as part of a salvage operation that leaves tomorrow. Yes. Little do they know that I 
am not one of the miners at all. You got your little GoPro tied up yeah, to your exactly. front, and you're gonna you're gonna try and film and record everything that you see. Yes. So, Mike. Yes. Your character is a little bit more interesting, and it's up to you to decide how much you want to tell everyone right now. Uh, I, I worked with everyone's characters. We've, we've yeah. made them all ahead of time, and uh, your character. What? How do people know you? Let's say I go by Samuel Oswald, so, and I grew up not having too much of a family, but I ended up at Novo Prost to become a miner, just so I could get a little bit extra extra money, so I could maybe yeah. come back to Earth, make a family, and have a nice lifestyle. So it's a nice, simple uh, uh, setup. You've, you've yeah. been at Novo Prost waiting for a job. Where one person got the, uh, <laughs> where one person got the work permit through blackmail, you've got the work permit through some good hard work and, yeah, and tight shoelaces. Let's say that. All right. So you have your uh, one thing that's interesting about this game, similar to Spirit of the Century, is everyone got to write down their own skills onto their character sheets. So that's going to come up during the game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we've got that's Tom the now. Part of the character was coming with their own skills. Yeah, it's going to be once we start to reveal that, it's going to be a lot. Like, going to be great. Tom. <laughs> So you're playing the Marine from Doom? No, wait, that's, not, that's not true at all. John Doom guy. Um, basically, I'm trying to find my father who disappeared in the cataclysm. And uh, my family believes he's still alive. Um, and they sent me to go find him and bring him home. And uh, there's more to it than that, but I think that's, that sums up the crux of who I am and what I'm doing here. Yep, you... Um... Uh, how did you get onto the ship that's launching? Um, You've well, paid your way. Yeah, well, my, my family funded me. My father was very, was very wealthy back Yeah, uh, yeah. So you're on this shuttle with a bunch of hard, you know, hard-knock life uh, miners here who, who've yeah. seen the dark side of the world, uh, just making ends meet, eking away a living, and you just showed up and gave the guy a wad of cash. And uh, you're showing up, you're... Your your suit is functional. It certainly has the equipment that you need, but it's brand new. Where everyone else is using like old used stuff and things that are broken. It doesn't really fit. It's one of those one size fits all kind of suits. Your stuff is like it's like custom fit. It's all blinky and shiny and white. And uh, yeah, they can tell you're coming for some money, even though you're trying to walk with the common people. Is it like so, guys? Let's pick on the preppy. Is it like white, white or like off white? <laughs> It, 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 it looks more like, like a brand new astronaut suit. Like it, it, it's all like it's it's got like that two thousand one Space Odyssey okay. white. It's all black and stuff. It's like <laughs> Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Picture myself with like a big backpack full of undescribable things. Yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> just, uh, just expensive equipment, most of which you don't even know how it works. You went to some guy and went, I'm going to a station, what do I need? And he just basically cleared your account. And he, they just cleared your account and took advantage of you and gave you all this sort of... Super equipment. Try-headed. All right, so, Steve. Yes. Who are you? Um, are you a boy? No, that's a different game. <laughs> no. Hi, Steve. Hi. Um, my name is uh, Jacob Marley. I am a, uh, I'm a part of a family of scientists. My father was a professor uh, at, uh, at uh, Yale. And um, he... He died during the cataclysm um, while he was on Earth, um, basically. And my mother is currently uh, dying from radiation poisoning. So I am determined to. I've been studying for the, the past several years, trying to be able to figure out what is like what is this radiation 
uh, doing uh, to the human body, and I'm trying. I'm, I, I, I've figured out. I basically I've exhausted all my resources on Earth, and I've realized that I need to go to the Splendid States. So- to find out more about it. So, Steve, what are your thoughts on the Anderson Group, uh, the group of scientists who headed up six years ago and came back oh, no, with reports? Don't, 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 go, don't give bullshit to me like that, man. Like, so you, no, they're all, all, all ghost stories. That's all they are. It's just stories, all right? There's no chance that, no that, chance. that the, the stories that, that three members of the Anderson Group were killed while up on the station. They never came back, and some, they say, were crushed by machines that were not plugged in, had no electricity. People that's, were, that's were, were all, people lost their minds and ejected that's themselves their, out no, into no, space. No, no, no. That the 12 surviving members of the Anderson Group no, that returned to no. Earth went missing, and no one knows what's happened except for one S.L. Clemens that continues to post stories online she's she's a bullshit artist come on that's none of that's true no nothing about the anderson group is true no okay so you've been sent up by even people so (laughs) who's funding who's funding your trip uh life sciences international they are the world-renowned company uh corporation of pharmaceutical that uh Deals with radiation um, studies. They've been the ones that have been spearheading the the research into uh, second Promethium applications for yes. medicine, yep. as well as uh, the radiation that's being brought back from the station that was captured during this so-called gamma burst. Yep. For those at home, it's not how a gamma burst works. We know that's <laughs> the point. This is the everyone knows that it turns people into giant hulking monsters. Exactly, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> Come on. All right. So, and we finally come to our last player. Uh, rubbing his nipples. It was only a matter of time. The very first thing, I needed to set up wires before this game started, and the very first thing, like, here, just use my belt! And he just starts taking his belt off. He ties me up, so, you know, belts are... Like, not even looking around first. Yeah, not even... The very first thing, the belt was gone. I'm wearing pants. Yeah. We're spending a beautiful, sunny day playing role-playing games inside an office. Inside an office with very large windows and the sun shining. And it doesn't help that there's so much printer equipment in here. Shane, who's your character, and why is he going into space to probably die. Well, Jacob's gonna love me. Uh, my name is Ian Isaac Isaacson. Because uh, <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> yes, my, my, my friends call me Clark. Uh, my initials, if you do the right way, look like, you know, Roman numeral three, so everybody thinks I'm Ian Isaac Isaacson the third. Uh, that's not entirely true. My father was Ian Isaac Isaacson, so it's not, you know, direct correlation. Uh, I am, I guess you'd say that I'm a survivor of the cataclysm. You were on one of the stations that crashed in the Pacific Ocean, uh, and somehow you were somewhere in the station. You came out without a scratch on you, but the rest of your family was killed. Uh, as far as far as I know, my parents. Well, my parents were uh, in charge of manufacturing up there. They dealt with you know small electronics. I lived with my sisters who we were also up there, and I basically was a tinkerer, going to like. Uh, you know, different sectors of the space station, fixing small things, air conditioners or recyclers. Yeah, it was stuff that the corporation yeah. that was running the station couldn't be bothered with. So, yeah, my whole family died. Uh, I'm the last of any marriage, as far as I know. You can say that life hasn't been easy. I've been spending the last 10 years basically making my trade as a demolitions expert for different mining organizations, and I'm here to... You've learned, too, that people don't really trust or they blame the Cataclysm survivors. 
that like why did you live and my entire family has died uh, everyone lost someone during the cataclysm and so they put all that resentment and grief and hurt towards you oh most definitely I'm kind of like a black cat or a scapegoat yeah like somehow I was responsible for well, and certainly all those losses with the rumors from the Anderson group about what happened up in the stations there's oh, some who shit. wonder that you know shouldn't you should you even be alive are you alive all these other stories. There's rumors from S.L. Clemens on the blogs of cataclysm survivors and abilities that they have yeah, and things that they've done. And, and uh, it says there's a lot of prejudice and a lot of uh, superstition that surrounds the cataclysm survivors. But it's undeniable that you know station life better than anyone else currently alive. And so corporations find cataclysm survivors as a great asset. They send them up like Sherpas uh, uh, to Mount Everest. They hire the... Uh, uh, cataclysm survivors to work as guides to help guide mainly the miners on the best places to find second Prometheum. You guys seem to have a, an intuitive knowledge on, on how to navigate stations, even ones you've never lived on. And so most survey teams have at least one survivor on their ship, if they can afford it, mm-hmm. uh, to help um, uh, bring them through. Uh, again, another superstition that if you have a cataclysm survivor on you, your chances of survival have gone up a bit. So they resent you for who you are, but they're kind of happy to see you around because, you know, you might be able to in some way protect them from whatever's up there. I, or get them all killed. So we're, the rest of you have been living in Novo Prost for some time working it up, uh, except for Steve, who was uh, flown in by um, Life Sciences. Uh, the three of you, Tom, Mike, Ori, uh, you spent uh, months in Novoprost, uh, living among uh, the Russians and, 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 and this sort of very uh, authoritarian, bleak city, uh, waiting for your chance to get out of here. Um, the two of you, Steve and Shane, you were flown in. Um, the, ca- the, the mining union approached you, uh, uh, Ian Isaac Isaacson, and uh, petitioned you with this, like, we're going to give you, like, if you can do this one mission and come back, you're going to have enough money to never have to work again. And, uh, and they bring you on a private jet, and they bring you into Russia, and the car drives up, and you're already at the shuttle bay. And you arrive, Ian, uh, to see uh, not just these four guys, but another ten, all in uh, mining uniforms or scientific equipment or whatever. Your standard-looking survey team uh, loading into the back of this uh, of this shuttle. And the shuttle, again, it it, it it's like a uh, a roller coaster with the safety harnesses that come down over your shoulders and this thing is just going to launch uh, vertically uh, up into the station above. It is on this ship that you are as you're being settled down, kind of like the uh, uh, the safety video that plays before an aircraft launch, <laughs> except it's your mission briefing. Is it in Russian or English? It's uh, it's being presented in headphones to everyone's native language. Okay. So if those you, who... If you should come across a monster... Put your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Oh, of course. <laughs> and the, cry. the World Mining Union is only interested in the salvage of Second Prometheum, yes. not in uh, rumors and hearsay and superstition nonsense. Please don't yes. Second Prometheum. <laughs> it is during this briefing that you learn that where you are heading to is a, a, a station that has been kept under secret. There's a reason why you're not being told until now where you're heading to because of the level of secrecy and the race that has been found. Four months ago, Another survey on another station were doing repairs to one of their solar arrays trying to set up the station to be rehabilitated when a shadow passed overboard. 
nothing had shown up on their instruments, anything was coming by, no collision detectors were going off, and uh, this was a lot bigger than some of the old satellites like the International Space Station that had just been orbiting around Earth uh, without any way to track it. Um, this is a station that should not have been there. Uh, they were able to track it with eyeballs, and they've been following it for a couple months until it's come in for a window of opportunity for this shuttle launch. They believe it to be Lemos Station, a, an agricultural station that was used to um, grow crops and food and send it back to Earth, but without any electronic signals being sent from the station, and even though it doesn't show up on any radio telescopes or any kind of electronic tracking devices, it's only optical eyeballs. So old-fashioned telescopes and, and, and eyes-on have been allowed, then, and then some old-fashioned math to track its, its new orbit. They've been able to find out where it's going. But it, there it, there's no star in the sky. This is not a station that should be there. You're flying into the dark. Is there a reason why that we weren't told that this we're going to a secret station? Or did we know that we were going to a secret station? What scoop? This station, if it's true that no one knows it's supposed to be there, and it's just been derelict ever since the cataclysm, no one has been there. No grave robbers, no looters, no pirates, nobody. This station has been untouched for a decade. Where most of the other stations have been gone to, there's been a gold rush... This station is pristine. No one has been here before. If there's survivors, they might still be on board. If there's treasure, it's all been untouched. If there's secrets, no one has covered it up yet. This station has never been found. And so that's why there's the race right now to get this crew together. You're noticing like this is not like a, a well-oiled machine. These are whoever they could find to get up right now to beat any of the other corporations who might want to stake claim to this station before they can power it back up. So they're sending this survey team to find out as much of the valuables that they can find, especially Second Prometheum. This could be the biggest find of Second Prometheum since it was discovered. And so your shuttle is being launched to head off to this dead station orbiting above. We interrupt this podcast for a very special important announcement. We need money. Well, not really, but we kind of... Well, okay, so this podcast will always be free, but there are some bills that we have to pay, so we partnered up with some really cool people that we think you might be interested in, so we're going to talk about them for a second, and then we're going to get right back into the show, okay? Trust us, it'll be very quick. Hello, Steve Saylor here from Terrible Warriors, and I'm here to talk to you today about Audible. Audible Audible.com, yes! The largest audiobook retailer on the web! Bigger than iTunes and Amazon combined! Wait, crap, aren't they the same thing? Dang it, I should have read the copy. Anyway, Audible is the largest retailer on the web for audiobooks, has over 150,000 titles to choose from. And, okay, all right, here's the deal. I know that a lot of people have on the web that you can be able to get a free book from them, but you want to go through us because we're cooler. And so you can get a free book on us from Audible. Isn't that cool? That's what I thought, yeah, okay. So you can get a 30-day risk-free trial from audible.com and get your free book by going to audibletrial.com slash terriblewarriors. That's audibletrial.com slash terriblewarriors. Now, because this month is sci-fi themed with Machine Zeit, Darkness Calling, I wanted to recommend a few sci-fi titles for you. The first one I want to talk about for this month is the very first book I ever downloaded on Audible. I signed up in 2008. I know, that's ancient in internet years. But the first book I ever got on Audible was Ender's Game. 
Now, I know that there's some controversy, obviously, from Dorson Scott Card, but the book still stands on its own for me. And Ender's Game is on Audible. It's the 20th anniversary edition. I have listened to this book about six or seven times through, and it is absolutely incredible. The narrators in this thing are great, and they have... Oh, just the back and forth between uh, Ender and, and Valentine and this. Oh, it's so good. You want to be able to check it out. And if you want to be able to have that as your free book, all you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash terriblewarriors, and you can get that as a free book, or you can get any other titles you want to be able to get on audible.com. They, again, they have over 150,000 like, different titles, everything from dram- dramatizations to audiobooks. They have the original Star Wars dramatization on there. Yeah, the radio play that they did, it's on there. So you can download that as your first audiobook, or you can check out all the other titles they have available. So it's audibletrial.com slash terriblewarriors. You'll be helping us out a lot because we really want to be able to keep this podcast free. It's not like we're going we're not going to charge in the future, but we want to be able to uh, keep this going and keep us going a little bit. So if you want to be able to help support the show as best you can, audibletrial.com slash terriblewarriors. Sign up for a free account. You can delete the account afterwards if you want, if you don't want to go through the 30 days, and that book is still yours. So you get a free book on us, and we'll still get paid for it. Believe me, it'll be great. audibletrial.com slash terriblewarriors. All right, now we'll get back into the show. Bye. Okay, I'm just going to, you know, plug in my headphones as my classic dubstep as we... Yeah, yeah, we're talking like the it, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's 95 years old now. I mean, this is like it's like classical music, music, it's folk yeah. music. Listen, it is the old beats. Let's put it on the gramophone. Oh, Dad, that music sounds so old. <laughs> I much I, I, I like my power crunk. Power crunk is so much better than classic step. You actually get stabbed. Man, it's just like a Tesla coil that's just hooked up to their ears. <laughs> Music these days. Oh, it's just a bunch of toilet sounds. Actually, it is toilet sounds. In fact, the World Mining Union has been so excited about the find of the station, they have hired a media crew to come along. So there's two or three guys, or there's two guys uh, and, and, and one of the reporters, uh, two engineers with cameras, and, and, and one of the persons that are sitting there. They've been going around interviewing different people, um, mostly the miners up near the front uh, who, who, who look like old and have scars on them. And they're, and they're doing a bit of a, a documentary on this, like a Geraldo thing, Into the Darkness, they're calling it. Um, and uh, they're going to be finding... Uh, it's helping to fund this mission and send a little bit more money, but it's being done by the Murdoch Group, which are known for their like their sensational reality television Seriously, program. And uh, the Murdoch Group is now mostly situated out of the Middle East and through the Dubai launch platform, but they've ended up at Novo Prost because of the amount of money that could be found here. So uh, you've got a media crew, you've got some miners, you've got a scientist, you've got a rich kid, uh, and you've got your uh, cataclysm guide who's sitting there listening to his classic dub, and uh, and the ship launches. It's, a, it's going to be a few hours to get there. Is there anything you want to be doing on the ship before we arrive uh, at the hours. station? Okay. Uh, it, it's, it's going to launch. Like, I mean, think of it. This is just like a shuttle. It's going to take the better part of the day to reach the station. Can we go down below decks? Yeah, after launch begins, uh, yeah, you can get out of your safety gear. Uh, there's no gravity uh, in the shuttle. Um, there may be when you get to the station, but uh, if for the time being, uh, you're just floating around. 
I'm going to go down to where my equipment is just to do last minute checks. So you're checking up on your scientific equipment that you yes. brought along? Yes. It's all been strapped into big cargo containers that have been like locked and, and sealed to prevent anything from knocking around. Do you want to really open all that stuff up right now or do you want to wait until well, no, they unload it? Not the big large equipment, just, what, uh, just whatever handheld equipment that I have because that's been around well like I said it's, it's it's all in like that like the netting and 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 the cargo containers that are inside like like even the small stuff again think like a band how they put everything into their small yeah. boxes leading out everything's been put aside because especially in the zero G they don't want anything floating around so it's all been I put into I have a bag of stuff with me. No, yeah, yeah, but you don't. You're saying all your equipment has been put into cargo containers, big and small, to prevent anything from being knocked around because of the G-forces. Well, no, I, yeah. I, I, I get yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, the only stuff that's on on the walls and the Velcro and the magnetic stuff is, is stuff for ship use for the crew. Uh, random question. Uh, communication, do we all have, like, headsets? talking to each other or is it more like like intermediaries like space uh close nearby so let's figure out your preparation role if you want to find out if you've remembered to have any kind of headsets that have been given to you yeah. uh, a quick way to learn the rules here is uh, what skills would you like to add to this to find out what you have i would like to add um i don't think always has make sticks jokes is going to work here uh, i think it would <laughs> actually i'll make a dick joke towards one of my co one of my, one of my uh, companions here okay what's the, what what is the condition if you succeed at that dick joke I is he going to feel totally burned uh no they're going to have the dick joke come in through their ear through the earpiece and wonder what the fuck just happened okay so uh what, that's a 25 so yes. you just roll under 25 roll 25 okay i'm making it towards the rich kid roll both dice at the same time oh that's way above i rolled a 93 yeah. Oh, jeez. I totally did not make a dick joke. So all you hear all now you hear. is the guy with the dubstep. He turns on his headphone and he accidentally he's like trying to talk into it, but he's feeding the dubstep music through the headset, <laughs> and the whole shuttle craft is like ah, it's like, like feedback yeah. going through, and, <laughs> and, and 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 it blows out your headset. Oh, that's great. So everyone else, it, it's been confirmed that everyone else is wearing headsets because you all heard the music being blasted <laughs> through it. But uh, oh, your headset, you just you just blew out the amplifier in it uh, by by putting in through so classic I can talk, but I can't hear. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's that's well, that's kind of useless. That's, that's great. This that's is what not... you get for rolling. You rolled that it was ninety three, not yes. ninety six. Can I see that this headset's been blown out, or is that just? Uh, something that he knows. Nice that's just something he knows. Smoke. It's not like there's yeah. no smoke coming out, uh, yeah. but it's just like, you just hear it go, pop, and it's just silent now. <laughs> you don't know if it's your hearing or not, but either way, the music isn't playing either. I'm, I'm just going to sit down for a moment and assume that my hearing is gone and be like, I'm just going to wait this out. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, Steve, you're floating around downstairs, and all of a sudden you get classic dub blasting into your eardrums. It kind of pushes me back, but I kind of go like, hit a wall. Okay, great. Uh, if anyone else has anything else they want to be doing? Um, I'm going to be studying up on the blueprints uh, last minute. All right, yeah. So part of your briefing is uh, you were given, they're there in the center of the table, um, an outline of what the station is going to look like. Uh, each deck is circular. There's seven, or there's, uh, I think there's 12 decks in all. Where we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's ten decks in all. Um, there were believed to be two decks above the very top of the page, um, but that was uh, an agricultural farming garden. It was like a big glass dome um, that may be accessible, it may not. But either way, they don't have blueprints for it because it's just a big field. So I'd like to note that these are all to scale. 
if you're looking at it. So you'll be, to describe it, um, if you can't see the, the blueprint, uh, each the, the top three decks are small and get bigger, and then it's widest in five and six, and then it gets thinner as the bottom. So it's shaped like a teardrop, where it, or like an egg. And uh, and that's and that's uh, yeah an upside down teardrop or a um, or a uh, more like a drip than an egg uh, because the bottom is very thin the 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 bottom deck is only really the tether connection controls for the elevator that used to connect to the station Um, it has long since been severed and it's it's spinning off axis so it's it's rotating sometimes it's facing towards the earth and sometimes it's facing away and it's just kind of rolling through space. they are afraid that if this keeps up, it's only a matter of time before it collides with one of the other stations or eventually loses its orbit and falls into Earth. So, time is of the essence. We arrive at the station an hour later, and uh, it docks. Uh, you can feel uh, the gravity, uh, the magnetic pull uh, bringing you into your seats again. And uh, the crew, uh, the miners that are there, begin unloading the equipment. Um, they're really rough with your stuff there, uh, John. Uh, <laughs> you've got some expensive equipment, and they're just kind of tossing it. <laughs> Think like a Air Canada baggage handlers. <laughs> your equipment is being brought. It's got ILF, um, or was it Life Sciences International? So LSI. It's got LSI logos all over it. They know better than to mess with corporation equipment. So this stuff is it's being put on like the the hover lifters, and it's being carried down. It's being laid down. They've opened it up so you can get access to it, but no one wants to touch it because I mean they're they're miners. So, Everything they don't. They don't know the scientific equipment. Basically. It's mostly analyzing computers and stuff for uh, checking molecular compounds and yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's just enough to do field tests, but you don't expect to do anything that you would be doing in a lab. This mm. is not a lab, no, uh, no. so it's mostly here to collect, store, and a lot of what's in that container is is storage containers to bring the radiation safely back to Earth if you find any. Mm-hmm. So this is all stuff that uh, LSI has provided for you as part of your collect and retrieve mission. Can I just grab my own stuff as so I don't have that much stuff? To you got your own stuff, yeah. Okay, I grab my own rucksack. And put yeah, it on. yeah. You, yeah. you grab a rucksack from one of the cargo containers and you just it sling says, it over your shoulder. danger, explosives. So hopefully no one touches it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, got, it's got like that it's got that, uh, that triangle with like the exploding man in the center. Man, actually, I drew another man like flying off the bed on the side yeah. and on to the next guy's bag <laughs> <laughs> just looking at my bag and be like what the <laughs> why is this this little man <laughs> the foreman of the of the mining union kind of walks up alright you're the one who knows this place where should we be starting my headset is still broken uh, you're in what appears to be like a big. You know, he talks to you. He's in front of you in your face. Okay, so I, 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 I through my helmet. Oh, my God. oh, right. That's a good point. So when the thing opens up, there is air okay, cool. in, in in the docking okay, room. Yeah, it's stale and musty, but the seal was kept. Ladies, and in this room, uh, uh, the air seems to be going. The sensors are working. So they're loading these up. There's no power. Uh, so there's no idea how long um, this will last. So we probably are all wearing like. Life suits, basically. Uh, you're wearing you're wearing um, uh, suits. It's up to you if you guys want to be wearing helmets. The miners are walking around without helmets. They've got some respirators if they need extra oxygen. Because we're not sissies. But uh, yeah. yeah, guys. 
And I'm also minor. All right, so the scientist. Sorry, but I have an addiction to breathing, so I'm going to have. All right, the miners are teasing you for that. Because then I can insult you more. So, and John, are you wearing a helmet? Are you wearing a helmet, John? I want to fit in as best as possible, so if everyone else is not wearing a helmet. I'm wearing a breathing mask. All right. Yeah, uh, uh, sorry, Steve. Nice. Steve, are you wearing a full-on helmet? No, we're wearing a breathing mask. You're wearing a breathing mask. Yeah. Okay, but you're not afraid of like explosive decompressions or, or being exposed to the vacuum of space or well, or, or uh, <laughs> untouched radiation leaking in through the walls. I'll have my helmet with my equipment. <laughs> He's got his my helmet. Mask has I have my helmet. All right, so you're lugging your <laughs> your helmet around, and man. the rest of you just have your breathing <laughs> respirators, and uh, it's just filtering out the dust that's in the air right now. Hmm. Uh, the miners are heading out. Um, they're going out as their team of six, and and they're and they're and they're just going to be heading down with their instruments to start tracking the magnetic signature of Second Promethea. I, 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 I just want to get out of the way, but breathing through a mask does it mean you're sounding like Darth Vader? It could. Okay. I was just curious. Uh, I have a question. Is that uh, media group still with us, the Murdoch people? Yeah, they got their big headlights on, and uh, they're interviewing the foreman at this moment. I see. Okay. Hmm. I don't like those guys being up there. All right. Uh, Is there anything you want to do about them? I kind of do. Is, okay, so if they're if they're talking with the foreman, is there any of their equipment that? Well, what it is uh, is one guy's holding the camera with a flashlight, right. and the other guy's holding like the microphone, but he's also got this big battery pack that's on him that's powering all this stuff. Yeah, they're all in like full on astronaut gear. Yeah, and uh, and 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 the host has got his microphone out, and he's just like. He's interviewing back and forth between uh, the foreman and them, and the lights flashing. Foreman looking kind of impatient, looking over his shoulder, seeing the miners heading off down. He really should be looking after them, mm-hmm. and 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 wants to make sure that things going. Uh, meanwhile, the the crew of the shuttle are staying on, and they're just you know checking the um, the equipment around, making sure everything's safe and, and set up for the return trip. Uh, is the other miners part of the same survey team, or are we part of separate survey teams? You're. Uh, you're there to help guide them through okay. uh, and show them around the station. Um, the rest of you <laughs> are supposed to be the miners, and they're uh, <laughs> grabbing the equipment and, and heading off, except for the scientist and, uh, and John, who is um, here on his own reasons. They're not going to look oh, after you rich. if you don't ask them to do anything. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to go talk to the Richie Rich Pants named John. I love Richie Rich Pants. Is that what we're, you're going to call no, I'm gonna call you Dick. Inwardly, <laughs> 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 okay. uh, I'm fuming, but I'm trying not to make a big deal out of this. <laughs> Roll for Dick joke. <laughs> Wait, can I, can I do that? <laughs> you roll for Dick joke? Yeah. Yes. You've got that skill. Absolutely. White, this white is. Line. You can put that. You can even push your persona <laughs> skill into it to increase it. Yeah. Throw in persona and uh, <laughs> an interaction. And add all those things up to make so a really good burn one of joke. These, one of these and one of these. Yeah. So take your uh, turn everything into a dick joke. Add it with your persona and your interaction That's your skill. Skills. That's one of your skills. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, actually, does anybody here want to help me make a dick joke? <laughs> well, this is the thing: is when you make this joke, what I need to know is what are you doing and what are you hoping to succeed? <laughs> what are you hoping to achieve? <laughs> what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to put the rich person in his place because I don't trust the rich person yeah. attached to the group. So the condition on him is you're going to put him on his place. Yes. And you're going to have leverage over him. Yes. 
Okay. Asserting dominance. Can I be able to use my dice? Oh, I better do what he says. That dick joke is really good. Can I use Don't Tell Me the Odds? I already know them. Basically, I know that this joke is going to work. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you're watching this dick joke go down. You're, what you're doing, I, I don't, don't tell me the odds I already know. You already know this guy is going to be the leader of the group. It's going down. Okay, so, All right. So I got to roll. Wait, wait, so what's, what's your, I think I do the rolling. I just add your stuff. So what, oh, okay, you sorry. Into this? Um, Using one of your descriptors or? Yeah, one of the descriptors. So that's, that's this guy right here. So the door at the end of the, of, 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 of the loading bay has opened up and the miners are disappearing down the hallway with their Okay, equipment. I'm rolling under 50 for this. I failed my dick joke. Oh, oh man. Which size is which? Have... Hmm? What did you go? 71. 71? Why isn't that the 17? Uh, because... I say you make the green the lower number from now on because that's uh, a much better dice. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I rolled 17. I haven't seen my dick joke. Oh, but... <laughs> yes! I knew it was going to happen. Okay, so add a couple. So in Machine Zeit, when you succeed <laughs> by... The condition oh. you get, you get to add for every ten integers okay. of success an additional condition of your choice. <laughs> okay, okay, guys, I, I love the fact that we spent a few minutes figuring out how to tell a dick joke. <laughs> my, my conditions are as follows. I'm not going to maybe let you do a dick joke roll every game. I just saw this as an opportunity to teach everyone the rules. Okay, yeah, that's good. It's one of the top skills, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, someone came prepared. <laughs> You might be able to use it to like calm people's nerves and okay. help break fear and all okay, that so kind of stuff. My three conditions are as follows. Condition one, I intimidate Richie Rich Kid. Okay, tell us your dick joke. Uh, <laughs> this better be it really better. Oh, dear, you got now on the spot. <laughs> Just like it's <his> dick. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, God. That suit is new. Doesn't get a lot, a lot of use, does it? That's good. All of a sudden, the scientist over there was like, "Oh!" Yeah. oh, 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 oh. So the start, start. My outcome from this is the media start. crew stops and they've turned the cameras on on you guys because they're like, "Yes, we've already got a rivalry." Yeah. Okay, so tell me these three conditions go down. Condition one: I know it's actually that the scientist has a crush on me, and I embarrass him for that. He blushes. What? Yes, he's actually attracted to me. <laughs> Condition two: I gained some camaraderie with. The wait, what are you? You're not a scientist, are you? No. Okay, you have a crush on. Me. Yeah, John. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Rich, rich kid, John. John, and then scientist. John, John has a crush on. You didn't, you didn't, you, you haven't established the, your relationship with this guy or, or, or what you thought about him. <laughs> so as part of his condition, strong and Chester can have all my freaking body parts. It doesn't even have to be like a sexual attraction. That's up to you. You can add a condition. You are, you are looking up to this guy as like an idol. Yeah. I'm a survivor. Okay. okay, second one. Uh, Jacob, the scientist. Is this your third gave, one? Gaze a little bit. No, second one. All right. I had to read. Like, Dick joke was one. Dick joke yeah. John's admiration for your chest hair is two. Uh, <laughs> and Jacob thinks of a cool guy, and he's like, you know, some like, you know. Well, Jacob and you fist bump. Yeah, fist bump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fist what bump. you do. Yeah, yeah. Bam. Face bump. Face bump. <laughs> so the media crew, the guy comes up. Hey, so what just happened over there? <laughs> Space is a dangerous place. Everyone has to know their place. But rhymes. Yeah, I was just feeling it. That's good. That's good. Like, like, that's 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 so, good. so, so you must be a cataclysm survivor, right? You're the you're, you're the guide for the group. Oh. The camera and the flashlights up on your eyes. I, How do you spell your name? I I, I kind of go wide-eyed for a second. That's that's kind of like 
really hitting close to home. What do you know about the rumors that Cataclysm survivors are known to have superpowers? I go quiet. I just stare into the camera blankly for a second. I'm not sure what to do. So how many members of your family died? Five. Five, five, my, my sisters and my parents. And how often do you think about them? Every night. Thanks, thanks, thanks guys. Do you think that this mission is going to help bring closure to the death of your family? <laughs> and they just keep probing you with like even can more I, and more personal information. Can I interview at this point? Yeah. So what do you think about the rest of the crew that think that, that they're afraid of you and think that can, you're just going to be here to kill them? Can I kind of roll on my lone survivor and be like, just try it back out as a loner? <laughs> you can, yeah. yeah, yeah, you can just start okay, trying to... Does anyone help me with this? Uh, I'll help well, out because I don't like the media. Yeah, okay. Okay, where are you going to help me out? So, how, so, okay, so first, uh, what are you going to add to that role to help him out on your skills? Well, I figured because I don't like the media that much, I was going to sneak up behind him and maybe unhook that battery. Then. Okay, oh, great. That, that's what so, I was thinking of, like, stumbling so, but, into them or something. So which like, skill yeah. would you like to use, either from Universal or your personal descriptions? It doesn't have to be descriptions, but any of your personal skills that you feel would help you achieve sneaking up behind and unlocking the battery pack? Um... I'm not sure. <laughs> well, let me have a look. What do you have? Because your universal skills, I mean, something like that would be just knowledge. That would yeah. be like jury rigging something, going and pulling the plug out. You could okay. use knowledge for that. Okay. I'll or that. you've got, um, yeah. uh, won't be kept it's down totally by the man. Yeah. You could add that in as well. So that's, uh, that, that would bring your roll up to 35. Okay. But he's also doing something, so he needs to use at least one of his skills in order to make it cooperative. Okay. So, uh... Or I love it when a plan comes together. You yeah. could just throw that in there for 25. Now you have 50 to your roll. Okay. So if you let him use his knowledge and mm -hmm. his I love it when a plan comes together to sneak up behind while you're distracting them. Okay. And so what skill are you going to add to your role? Okay, so he's doing that now. Uh, and what's loner? How many points did you have in loner? 25. 25. So use loner to just be like backing away from the camera and they're going to be like following oh, you and you're drawing them media. away from the group. You know what? I'm going to let you roll this because... So that's 70. So that's okay. 75. You're going that's under. Going, the greens are first number. So I have to get under 75? You have to roll under 75. Green is the... Uh, first number. First number. Okay. Oh, god damn it. Shit. 89. Oh, shit. Okay, so that was more than 10 that you yeah. failed in. Somehow gave them So you're leaning it out and all you do is you go on there and you pull a wire out of the battery pack but you pull out the guy's oxygen from his... <laughs> oh, shit! His thing. And he just like, <gasps> he drops the boom mic and he's like flailing around because all of a sudden the air and sirens are going off in his okay, helmet. Right, I, and they both turn on and like, what the hell are you doing, guy? And, they're, and, they're, and they, and they, and, and. I must have stumbled into him, I don't and know. The, uh, the foreman runs to tackle you. Could I, oh. could I, uh, I can I try to, <laughs> to help the guy to get, like, put the oxygen back? Yeah, you can. Okay, because I'm going to use damage him, um, I'm a scientist. Uh, that's, that's uh, that skill. Can I. Do you want to help? Can you help with? Oh, I, I can help with something. Uh, can I use Ivy League student to help? Actually, that's a good one. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay, so, only three people at a time can help in the role. Okay. Because there's only three things you can add to the role. Mm. So, uh, Steve, you're jumping in to help the the uh, battery pack operator yeah. get his oxygen going? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Alright, so I'm rolling, what, I guess 50 then? Sure. Me with how are you help? Okay. How are you helping? Are you trying to like reattach or yeah, what? Just reattach it. Okay. Uh, is anybody else going to help them? Because that's a fifty-fifty yeah, chance like, he may die. 
Sorry. That's true. I don't care. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let that scene play out. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go assist however I can. They the the uh, door the is is gone. The, the rest of the miners yeah. are, have long since left the uh, well, the room. Are we? Yeah. So yeah. wait, you're still really in the in the docking bay with uh, with these jokers. Yeah. So I'm watching. Got, this I'm, I'm definitely yeah. under. I got a twenty-one. He succeeds. Okay, great. So you go in and you you you, you grab it. You just kind of clip the the hose back in. You hear whoosh, as the air starts rushing back into the guy. He starts breathing deep. <sighs> he then takes his helmet off. We should never have been wearing these things. And he starts breathing the air in the docking bay. Because of course you guys are all you guys are all breathing air in the docking bay. <laughs> He was suffocating. Wait, because I rolled such far, like, so far below 50, could I have just known that and just taken his helmet off instead? Sure, but I mean, it's just simple logic, guys. That's so uh, I, I, hey, I, I hope that... that this game? Yeah, you want to use your own logic. So uh, that, um... Anyway, so uh, the guy's the guy's doing fine, but the foreman is, uh, is, is, is taking you down. Who are you anyways? I don't recognize your face. I'm Samuel Oswald. You're Samuel Oswald. I'm Samuel Oswald. See the ID? And he looks at Samuel Oswald. I served with Samuel Oswald three missions ago. Who the hell are you? What have you done with him? I'm Samuel Oswald. <laughs> That's all he can say. <laughs> Nobody ever has the same name as somebody else. Wait, wait. I'm going to make a dick print to the fuse situation. <laughs> you're going to run out of those. Okay. And I'm going to use those some of the odds. It helps defuse the situation. And you're helping me on this. He's calling for the too. flight crew to come out and restrain you. Yeah, you, are we, we're gonna help us with this. We're trying to save your life. We're oh, gonna go freaking out the airlock. He thinks we've got a stowaway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do you, what do you got con on? Con artist. There you go. There, yeah. Con artist is a 15. Okay, so 15 and then 50. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So uh, rolling under 65. 85. No, sorry. 65. Yeah. Don't screw um, this up like I did. Math. 21. So nice. far, nice. Okay. Man, the original Oswald was a real dick. He was flaccid. You could get the job done. Let's take the new kid. <laughs> the guy's looking around. Why are you even here? All right, first thing I need to know. Yes. Is he okay? Is who okay? Samuel. I am okay. No, no, no. The actual Samuel. Samuel. The other Samuel. The, uh, the Samuel. They now accept the oh, point. you're not Samuel. Oh, okay. <laughs> I assume he's okay. Am I telling you this as McCain? Yeah, no, no. The foreman, the foreman's starting to. He succeeded at at the guide. He's looking at you and he's trusting your instincts and he's going, "All right, listen. If Sam's okay, I don't know how you fucking got here. I don't know what you're doing here. If you want to work, you'll maybe we can work something out. We'll deal with you when we get home. But we've only got a few, we've only got a few hours up here before we got to start taking back. And this place is dangerous enough. I don't need any unknown variables around here." What are you doing up here? What do you want? I'm just here at work. You got out of Nova Prost, people finding unique ways to get up onto these ships is not uncommon. Yeah. So he's kind of like, he's going to keep an eye on you. He <clears throat> says, grab that equipment, head down the hallway. Yes, sir. See what you do with later. Okay. Uh, I grab my stuff as well and head down the hallway. He pulls you aside, says, if anything happens, you're responsible. <sighs> So he became the leader. Now we're no longer friends. No, you company. vouched for him. You vouched for him. Yeah, so you know our responsibility, so fuck up. All right. I'm going to grab my equipment and head down the hall. All right, you're just grabbing that. And uh, uh, John, what are you off to? Um, okay, the place that... I want to go to the last place that I think my dad might have been. 
Um, is anyone else going that direction? Uh, if you're looking at this map, um, you'll see at the very bottom of the page, there's the one circle with the big long uh, line coming out the side. That's okay. the docking bay where you guys have landed in. And coming for out... Those, for those who are listening, we'll have a scan of this. We'll have a scan of it. But you've landed in that docking bay there on, uh, like, deck seven let's say and uh you can see there's there's like a garden path this is the area that the tourists would have landed in as well when they were giving views of the station but all the lights are off everything's dark the only illumination is coming from uh any lights or flashlights that you have on your suits mm. um and uh meanwhile uh ori uh your character can't remember his name now uh, rupert Ru- rupert you look over uh the uh, camera crew that's cleaning up the mess after her, uh, this little uh, <laughs> they got their camera off and he's wiping down the lenses and stuff the guy kind of looks at you and he's got this look like he knows who you are but he's like he's kind of staring at you with a, an air of familiarity and then he goes back to cleaning out the uh, camera mm-hmm. and uh, yeah those guys yeah. are I'm not I'm not happy that there's another uh, there's other media presence on this ship and as you guys are heading with your equipment to the door to follow the rest of the miners, all of a sudden uh, you hear a, an explosion, just a <laughs> off in the distance, and a scream from the hallway. Which direction? Whoa! Yeah. Outside the door that the uh, miners have already gone through, the the, the door so was closed right behind them. Same deck. Yeah, on this deck. Well, just off in the distance, you hear a boom, just a deafening boom from off in the distance. You actually feel the ground shake underneath your boots. I put my helmet on and uh, mention everybody do the same. <laughs> I'm so putting on my helmet. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. Clark, what the hell did you do? <laughs> are you, are you, are you going to open the door? I'm going to check my gear first and then once I see Ray has her helmet on, helmet's on, I'm going to open the door. I'm going to follow the foreman's lead the foreman's yeah. running towards the sound as his men and he uh, starts to open the door is anyone helping him? Yes. it's a valve door and it's going to require some turning to get the door open okay, I'd help him and so uh, as you're helping uh, give me a roll uh, what do you want to add to the roll to help uh, as he's going to be pulling this door open I don't want to use a universal, and I don't think I have any personal that fit. I, I guess I'm just going to do a raw roll. Okay. You, you don't. You want to push body or because okay. a raw roll isn't going to do anything. Body. You can't. You can't. You, your rolls aren't going to add anything. Uh, your rolls are just you're rolling under success numbers. Yeah. So you just tell me what you're going to add, and I'm going to add it to the foreman's roll. Okay. But if you're not adding anything, there's no point. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna use body fifteen. Okay, body fifteen. And uh, he gets a sixty nine, which is too high. And uh, he needed to get under sixty five, so it's just enough. Uh, he he as he's pulling, it's not opening in time, and uh, and you're starting to um, uh, feel the shaking are, is getting louder. And there's banging on the walls coming from all around you. The whole room is going boom, 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 boom. Are there boom, controls boom, that are? Uh, by the door, like door controls that are operational. So are you all over by the door now, across the docking bay? I'm not near the door, but I'm at least, like, within 50 feet. Yeah, you were following with the group towards the door. Yeah. The banging is getting noisy. Boom, 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 <coughs> boom, try, boom. Try, try you see the uh, the shuttle doors of the, ca- of the cargo bay start to close. The sound is getting deafening. Yeah, but must- is, are there any door controls... 
that are operational? Nothing's operational. Everything's manual operation right now. There are door controls, but it has no power. Can I blow the lock off? If you have any equipment on you, Steve, that you could add temporary power, battery packs that you have on you that's that you can plug in, <clears throat> roll to see if you're prepared for that. Okay. So uh, <clears throat> what would you justify to add into those rolls? Uh, the banging is getting louder, the shaking going on in the room. You can f- hear the uh, the shuttle is spooling up its engines. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to use damage ammo for scientists. I'd like to use my better to have and not need it to search if I have equipment. Okay. Add the roll. That's 25. Okay, so... 50. The foreman's like, you gotta help me with this door! 77, shoot. Okay, as it's going, all of a sudden, uh, the door blows backwards. Like towards us or into the hall? So, uh, Tom, the... the like it got sucked out from... The, the, no, the door's been blown out from another explosion. Yes. And, 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 and as it's, it's, it's pushed out, the foreman goes flying, and, and Tom goes flying as well, who was standing next to the door, who was just helping him. The rest of you are around, you're all knocked onto your backs. Um... As the uh, uh, the shuttle's engines are now turning on and it's lifting off, and the uh, uh, you're going to take some injury, and we'll deal with that in a second. But as that happens, the foreman goes flying from the explosion into the engines of the shuttle, ah. and uh, the the shuttle engine pod just puffs as, as the body goes through it, and it begins to spin off its axis. And, uh, and it's starting to... It, the engines are on, and it's starting to go forward into the bay door that's still closed. And up, which leads to outer space. That's going to lead out to outer space. Uh, I, I think we should probably run into the hallway, which just exploded out towards us, because it's probably preferable to be inside down to space. Uh, yeah. That, that is true. I know it's um, <coughs> If so the door's blown out, like, like the, the vacuum shuttle, will still pull us out. Break open the door. Well, the, it, door, the it, door's already gone. They were able to come through. What the shuttle used was... Um, uh, a, a magnet kind of um, uh, mechanism to pull the doors open, and then they shut it before they brought you back into the bay. Uh, and uh, but that's not activated. The shuttle is just turned on, and it's now just starting. To, it, it's lifted off. It's got like those like big Harrier jet kind of think like Firefly, right? It's got one of those like the, the 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 rocket engines that that spin on an axis. Except one of them has just exploded, and it's starting to move into the wall as the banging is getting louder and louder and louder. Uh, with the door out. There's no fire on the other side. It was some whatever caused the door to blow out uh, isn't in the hallway. Uh, Can I grab the closest question? Does does it seem like the shuttle is able to bust through the um, the door? Well, that's the thing. We all are wearing. Well, roll a a knowledge, man. Find out. The average person isn't going to be able to figure that out. I mean, you don't know how strong these walls are. This is like a common sense thing based on what we can observe. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's everyone else is afraid of that. Okay, I'm going to roll knowledge, and I'm going to add Ivy League student for a total of 45. Okay. So what are the rest of you guys doing while he's staring at this uh, ship that's about to go crash into the wall? I'm going into the hallway. So you're running. I'm running. Yeah. You guys are running, 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 and you're yes. stopping to keep an eye on the, on the ship. Yeah. Okay, so everyone else runs, and John looks over his shoulder going, is it going to go through the wall? I got 99. Oh, my God. Okay, that in Machine Zeit is known as a tragedy, which means the director is supposed to add a very unfortunate consequence as a a condition. So you have magnetic boots like the rest of them, and that's how you're walking around with the gravity in case this fails. 
and the uh, and the shuttle <laughs> blows itself through the wall, and it's just immediately like as it, it as, as it hits the uh, the bay uh, doors, it pushes them open as the engines begin to power up more and more strongly, and uh, you guys are running down the hallway as all of a sudden um, emergency air pressure bulkheads begin to descend into the floor uh, and, and close behind you. Um, Tom is still in the in the hangar bay as it begins to expose itself into space. But it's lucky that Tom had his helmet on your belt. So you're going to be able to put that on. But, I already put it on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so you, you, you've got your helmet on. But uh, I'm going to need you uh, to um, roll a really quick roll here to see if you can grab something nearby or, or, or keep on folding because the room is going to take you on to try and pull you out of the ship. Okay. Um. As the air begins to rush out, the banging noise is still being heard. You shouldn't be able to hear it, but it's going boom, 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 Do boom, 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 boom. Do you know that John is still stuck in the shuttle bay? You guys are running. Yeah. Oh, we're just running. Everybody you guys are running. So it's a cacophony. We don't know what's going, what's happening. So we're just, we, oh, yeah, we're, there's nothing we can do to help. Sorry, but I'm going to use better have it not need it for some equipment that will help me, and I'm going to use body and id. Okay. And you also have a dramatic element if you want to add 25% to succeed. Okay. Let's do it quickly because we're over time. So 25 plus 15 plus 5 that's 45 plus 25 for the uh, dramatic element. That's 65? Yeah. Okay. I got 30. You got 30? Uh, so that's fine. So you're you were you were blown back from the door. You were blown onto your back, and as the walls began to breach open, you began to slide as the air pressure in the room began to break. But not before you were able to activate your boot and get it stuck into the ground. But the camera crew wasn't so lucky. Yes, they get pulled out, <laughs> and the guy. Face. It, the, 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 the ship is pushing itself through the wall, but it hasn't burst itself, but it's pulling all the pressure out of the room, and the guy lifts off really and is being pulled into the room. With the rest of the group. Oh, the guy, they were filming it. The guy was filming it. And as this is all happening and the noise is blacking out, your helmet blacks over. The rest of you are in the hallway as the bulkhead closes. As soon as the bulkhead shuts and the pressure kind of stops being sucked out, everything goes silent. And that's where we're going to end off this week. Oh, shit. Welcome to Limo Station. So this has been uh, the first part of Machine Zite. Bit of a slow start. That was intentional to get you guys to know your characters. We're going to find out what happens next week to the mining crew and to... Uh, What's the mystery of this station? And <laughs> you guys have another way out. Around the table, I've been Justin Ecock as your director, and our players this week have been uh, Ori. No more competition from the reporters. Falconer, <laughs> Michael Ruby. Um, he is totally screwed. White. <laughs> uh, Steve Snowball Sailor. Shane Critical Failure and Dick Junk Phillips. And I think everyone forgot that all their equipment was in that room that is also being blown up. So you got the backpack, and Steve grabbed a few things to do yeah. on the way out. So we'll find out what happens next week on Machine Zite. Thank you for joining us. Follow us on Twitter at Dice Warriors and at TerribleWarriors.com for all your campaigns and news. We've got plans for this summer. Uh, bye now. Bye. Goodbye. You have just listened to These Warriors Are Terrible. Did our terrible warriors succeed in saving the day? 
Did someone do something completely insane and stun the GM into a stupefied silence for asking if their horse had a mustache? And lastly, did someone get punched squarely in the goodie bags? Also, are there any settings or RPG adventures you would like our terrible warriors to play next? Do you have your own awesome or insane stories of your own RPG conquest or failures? Comment on this episode post. Message us on Twitter at Dice Warriors or email us at feedback at thesewarriorsareterrible.com. Until next time, geeks and gamers, the dice has been put away, the books back on the shelf, and the Cheetos stuck to the floor. For these warriors are terrible.